Welcome to the Play-Based Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen R.B. Peterson, and maybe your new teacher bestie that is here to hype you up, maybe give you a motivating kick in the pants, and teach you all I know about play and childhood. I am here to help you challenge old and outdated practices and inspire you to create a truly developmentally appropriate early childhood environment that fosters creativity, curiosity, and joy in the children that you care for. Let's set the stage for a lifelong love of learning. Let's get going. Welcome to the Play-Based Learning Podcast. I am Kristen R.B. Peterson, and with me today, I have my friend, Aid Hoffman, all the way from the wilds of Maine, here to tell us all about, and talk with me, all about outdoor play and clothing that goes along with outdoor play. Okay, so before we like dive into that, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Well, hello. Uh, I'm Aid. I'm chiming in from Maine, as Kristen mentioned. Um, I have been in early childhood for like over two decades, which is crazy. Um, I spent the last seven and a half-ish years um, leaving all my traditional teaching behind. And I like to tell people I traded fluorescent lighting in for sunshine. Oh, I love that. Totally dove in like full full force into the outdoors, not knowing what to do, um, just kind of figuring it out as I went along. And um, I've been doing that since I moved to Maine. Uh, and I'm about to open a program of my own. So that's very exciting, nature Amazing. and play-based. Um, and I can't wait. Um, so the littles are my people, two and a half to six. Um, I've worked with kids up to eight years old, but the oh younger half are my people. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah. so excited for you. Those children are so lucky that they get to be with you because you have so much knowledge. I can't wait to meet everybody. <laughs> like you just, I just love listening to you speak about how you can be a great observer and just intentionality in teaching in the outdoors with children. And like those families are going to be so lucky. So congratulations, like Thank huge you. step. <laughs> Okay, so let's chat about outdoor clothing. So you, you've you probably heard the saying, and maybe you've said it yourself, I don't know, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing or some form mm-hmm. of that. Right. Um, so, well, first, do you find that to be true? Yeah, for the most <laughs> part. <laughs> it's like, so kind like, of like harsh and oversimplified, but... right. Um, and I like, I hesitate to use the words like inappropriate and appropriate, but it's, I mean, you don't know until you know. So gear can be one of those things where it's a hurdle for people. It's expensive, yeah. it's a cost, and it's an yeah. investment for sure. And a lot of programs may not have the resources and families might not have the resources to like fully outfit their kiddos. So I like to tell people, like, just meet yourself where you're at, um, where you are. And just have extra clothes. Like you can have crappy clothing. Like you could be wearing like leggings and sneakers and regular socks and be wet. But if you have a gear and towel, like spare clothing in your car or whatever, you're you're prepared. So like yes, yes, there is like idyllic conditions and things that you can accumulate over time to have like a wonderful library of gear that will keep you warm and dry um, or cool and wet I don't know <laughs> um <laughs> cool and refreshed 
<laughs> yeah, refreshed. Cool and aired um, out. <laughs> yeah. Um, properly circulated, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> but you don't need to start by spending like hundreds of dollars. You can just have extra clothes and a towel. Okay. Um, I think that's like a really great place to start for people because it can be very, very intimidating. Yeah. Well, okay. And and to add to that, living in Minnesota, like there absolutely are days where it is unsafe to be outside mm-hmm. for any, um, like an amount of time over three minutes. Right. So like, I see that. There are also times where the weather gets so incredibly hot in southern areas like places that are closer to the hemisphere maybe um mm-hmm. or the equator the hemisphere like we're all I, got close you. To I, was <laughs> I was with you you were with me okay so <laughs> places that are closer to the equator like southern states if you live in the united states so like it can get incredibly hot to the point where it's not safe to be out for prolonged periods of time i mean there's right. things that you can do definitely but so I agree with that saying somewhat, but also I feel like that saying, again, like you were saying it also, it's really not in- inclusive when it's just like blanketed like that right. as a statement. So, yeah. okay. So let's talk about maybe some um, strategies or things that you've done in the programs that you've been in and taught at that help those clothing um, the gear to be more inclusive of all children, no matter what background they come from or what they have access to any tips, tricks, anything. Yeah. So when we started our homeschool support program in 2021, like we had literally nothing, (laughs) we had nothing. We had, we only had the money that we raised at a tag sale before we opened and that paid for our insurance. So we didn't have like any funds to, you know, let like buy all this brand new gear or have like even like a rental system so what we did was we knew that our local thrift store and consignment store often got great snowsuits um, rain suits and things like that so we created an account with them um, and we got discounted gear through them that was like pre-loved and it's you know not going to take stuff that's not really suitable for reuse so that was a safe bet for us and then we encouraged families to take their gear either there to do an exchange so that they didn't have to spend a lot and they could just get a size, especially with rain boots, like bogs and stuff, they can be a little pricey. Yeah. Um, but buying a used pair is great because kids feet, they move, they move so fast. They move so fast they, and they, they move so, so fast. fast. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fast. Um, so, you know, forming a relationship with like the consignment, local consignment shop and thrifting, was really helpful for us. And then we would just like use the money in our account to buy and then build a gear lending library. Yeah. And um, in addition to that, we would host at all of our potlucks, we would have seasonal potlucks, um, a gear exchange. And so Mm -hmm. all the families would bring anything they had, doesn't matter what season. And then we just like splay it all out over the yard on a tarp. And they would just, families should just take what they need and Amazing. leave what they don't and then there's like there's no exchange of money it's just a community thing yeah. um and then whatever was left over and was like in good condition we would keep and build yes. continue to build our gear lending library so that was how we got 
a good chunk of stuff yeah. to lend just by leaning on our community families that we knew from former um like former classmates or former students and things like that um and we just continually asked for donations yeah. um which is very very hard i mean i'm in this season of asking for help and it's like my least favorite thing to do but it's the most effective way to really build community and ask for help and keep that connection really tight. Um, so I encourage anybody who is in a position that's wanting to build a gear lending library to just ask, um, ask people around you in your neighborhood, in your church, um, like yeah. wherever you are and people want to help. So they do want to help with no money. Yeah. They absolutely um, do so. want to help. Yes. And it feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so good for everybody, right? You know that you're like kind of giving its new life to this piece of gear that, you know, would maybe just lay in the closet for all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So yeah. I think that like the, cause we were, the program I founded is a nature and nature preschool and has a forest school program. So gear is really important, especially, I mean, and you know, too, living in Maine, it's very important in the winter time to be warm because you want children mm -hmm. to be comfortable when they're outside. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want them to have discomfort because then the, their relationship with nature and being outside can be tarnished. So mm -hmm. it is important for them to be warm and comfortable. So um, we had we were located in a church. This is just another like tip for people. You can, I mean, we would ask the members of the church say, Hey, we have, you know, some children who, um, can't afford to have the like clothing that's going to keep them super warm and dry in the winter months. It costs on average about this much uh, to outfit a child from head to toe for the winter, if anybody wants to donate and sponsor a child's outdoor clothing for the season, like, let us know. And we used to get people who would donate for that and say, yeah, yeah. I'll outfit a child. Um, so that was one thing that we did and it worked really well. Another thing we did, it sounds similar to maybe what you did is um, we had families like we just said, hey, if you're not, if you your child grows out of something and you don't want it anymore, you can either like donate it um, mm -hmm. to the preschool and we'll add it to our, you know, like lending pile, or you can like sell it. Like if you want to put a price tag on it and put it in the entryway, um, then like, you know, we had gave recommended prices that were fairly inexpensive, like, you know, half right. what they normally would have purchased it for if it was in good condition. And um, families really appreciated that even to have the opportunity to buy something from a child that they outgrew. So, yeah. And children love wearing stuff that from someone that they know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this like incredible, sometimes like a confidence layer. Yeah. It's, it's incredible oh. to like know that I've seen kids I'm trying to think of an example. So we had this one child who was with us for many years and then obviously I'll grew a lot of gear. Um, his mother was a teacher, a support teacher. And so like, she would say, Oh, like that was like, that used to be fit. His name was Finian is Finian. Um, that used to be Finian's rain. Those used to be rain, Finian's rain pants. And the children were like, Oh, Whoa. And like, they'd be like, Oh, and they'd be like empowered to do the things that they knew that Finian did. Like he's an outrageous climber, like incredible, naturally gifted climber. And so they kind of got this like, 
oof, this like boost of confidence. And I just was like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh. I, I love really think of it. Yeah. A confidence layer. That's amazing. I love that. So neat. Um, for sure. And I, I, yeah. Oh, okay. How I many to being specific about, like you mentioned how much it costs per child is very like key to getting like financial assistance from other people. Cause they want the details. They want those kind of yeah pieces of information to kind of solidify their choice to support you. I've noticed. Um, Definitely. And the folks at outdoor school shop are incredible. Um, we received their grant this year to outfit our kids mostly um, from Vila. And so we're using half of it for other stuff and then half of it for just having gear, everything but base layers and socks essentially for each kid. Um, But what's really cool about that is you can start like a rental program, um, but and all of that, but outdoor school shop will work with you from like beginning to end. They will work within your budget. If you have to spend per child, they'll work with you on your like preferred brands. I mean, if you've been in the game a little while, you have a preferred brand. Right, right. And they'll help you find what you want and what you know works for yourself and your program. Uh, Highly recommend them. And they have bulk pricing over five items. So that's like very minimal. So if you you need six pairs of rainproof mittens, you're going to get pricing applied to that, which is really awesome. So um, happy to plug them. They're incredible. They're a female-owned business. They're all moms. They're so awesome. Oh my gosh. And, um, I, I try to talk to them like every week just because I love them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's um throw out some of your favorite, like your favorite brands that you know work well in your program. Um, Sela V is on the lesser expensive side. It's C-E-L-E-V-I, I think. Okay. Their little logo is like a little elephant. You can actually get them on Amazon. Um, they're less expensive for rain pants. Um, so uninsulated rain pants, they have rain boots and they have like wool balaclavas and hats and things. So that's a great place to start for not as much money. Um, Didrickson's is my absolute favorite, um, for the fleece lined rain gear. And here in Maine, you can wear that like 80% of the year because spring, it still snows in spring. Um, and it's the mud and the water is cold. Um, yeah. So fleece lined rain gear from Didrickson's is really great. Um, and, you know, rain mittens and all of that. You can get them insulated or not insulated. Um, and Boggs boots, for sure. Yeah. They have a wider ankle. And so they're easier for kids to get in and out of. Yeah, they are. I don't recommend mucks. I mean, I wear them as an adult, but for the kids, like they can never get their feet out on on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so Boggs for sure um, are my favorite um, brand for boots. Yeah. And like for discounts, highly recommend babyshop.com. Uh, Alex and Alexa, I think is the name of the site. Heavy discounted stuff. Um, the Amazing. brands are just trying to clear out their collection and it's super discounted. They have great sales. But Outdoor School Shop, too, has great prices. And again, you can utilize the bulk um, like pretty quickly. That's really so. cool. Um, so we're in Minnesota where we have to be covered for snow most of the year. Mm-hmm. So Snow Pants, the brand that we actually recommend to families is Land's End. Um, yeah. Land's End Squall. 
that's mm-hmm. the it's the squall snow pants and squall jackets squall parka so mm-hmm. that's what we recommend a lot because they have like the grow with me um sleeves so that the sleeves can extend a little bit which when you're playing mm-hmm. in the snow you want to make sure that your wrists are covered um right. and then we have found favorite mittens for snow mm-hmm. play are burton mini heater mitts they're called um and, and like we go through so many mittens in Minnesota. And so like every child is required to have two pairs of mittens when they come into the school that I founded because they play outside in the morning and they get wet and then they need another pair for afternoon. And so um, anyhow, the the Burton Mini heater mitts, they're mittens um, and they the elastic is really stretchy, so it can like stretch over the top of their sleeve of their jacket, which is super important because then snow doesn't get in between the cracks. Um, mm-hmm. And they're easy for kids to get on themselves because the elastic isn't very tight, but it's tight enough that snow can't get in. So that's what we found for snow pants, jackets, mittens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And bogs, but... Bogs here in Minnesota, even like the ones that are rated as cold, the coldest, your feet still get cold. So you for sure need a wool sock with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm anti-cotton unless it's like 90 degrees. <laughs> um, I like I recommend wool all year. And by the time it's too hot for a wool sock, they can still barefoot. Um, so it also wicks the water away. And we use so many toe warmers. <laughs> yes, we use toe warmers. So many too. toe warmers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, don't be afraid. Like I went through this whole phase, like my first couple of years of teaching, like I'm so wasteful. I'm throwing away all these disposable. And I tried to use like the reusable ones where you have to boil them. No, um, do not recommend zero stars. Um, just lean in <laughs> to like the disposable ones. It's going to make your life easier. Um, and like, just say yes. When a kid thinks they need them, just give them to them. Um, because yeah. otherwise they're not, they're one going to be afraid to ask you. Um, yeah. And two, they're gonna, not going to really learn like what it feels like to have them when they don't really need them. Yeah. So um, we always say yes. They start asking for toe warmers at like in like October, and then like by February, like they're just like so conditioned to being outside that they kind of forget yeah. that they even need them. So it's interesting to watch that kind of oh, like progression. Where do you um, buy your toe warmers? And like, do you have a budget for that? I do this year. Do you? Oh my gosh. I, I do. I put them on our wish list. Um, it's always on our donation list. And a lot of families just buy a pack when they're out and about. Um, yeah. Our kind of go-to store here is Rennie's and they're always everywhere. So they just grab a box um, and they just leave them in the hall for us. And nice. we go through them crazy. Um, but you can get them in bulk on Amazon. I mean, you can really get them anywhere. Yeah, I don't have a trick for them and they're like never on sale, but it's like the best money you can really spend. Kids in Minnesota like to use them in their mittens too. Yeah, we sometimes Mm -hmm. also use like those little miniature hot water bottles, like the rubber ones. Mm -hmm. And we pour warm water in there and like we stuff it in their rain pants. So like their core is warm. Um, And like I've had parents so little like wool sleeves from old sweaters <laughs> yeah like, yeah inside there um and then they just like we just plop them in their rain in their whatever in their bibs and then they just stay there all day and they're especially when they're napping outside it's a nice little thing to have Aww. um 
And then they wake up with little baked potatoes. They're like a hundred degrees. Oh my <laughs> so gosh. Um, but that's a really sweet thing way to keep warm as well. Oh, um, okay. So t- let's talk a little bit about the rental program because we, you mentioned it. We used to have one. Tell us like what your vision is that for your new program. Yeah. So I haven't implemented it yet, but my hope is to have it be like a very minimal cost to have everything you need for the whole year across all the seasons, especially winter. Um, I mean, summer here, everybody just wears what they want to wear. We don't really have gear. I go back and forth between having to wear rain pants for tick protection, but they just Mm. get so hot in the summer. So we just do frequent tick checks and things like that. And we use spray um, for the kids. But um, my hope is to have it just be like a super inexpensive addition for the whole year. It's not like $40 a season. It's $40 for the whole year. Year. You'll get a, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll get a snowsuit, in, uh, uh, rain mittens, snow mittens, snowsuit, um, yep. or insulated rain gear and boots. Mm. And then all the pa- families will be available. Um, responsible for is base layers so a wool base layer a fleece layer and socks hat balaclava we'll have all that extra stuff anyway because we've been collecting it forever yeah, <laughs> we yeah. got it um but I wanted to try to ease that like financial burden on people because it is it's a lot plus a lot of the sizing is European and it's like yeah. what I don't even know what's happening that's how we got a lot of our extra gear is like parents ordered the wrong size and they're like I don't know what to do with it and it's a pain in the ass to return it can you yeah. take it I'm like yeah I'll take it <laughs> um, so you know uh, Abe's kind only of sends lining. them to European websites now <laughs> so they that's order the, the wrong size <laughs> <laughs> um but for sure um the whole like point there is to really just like take some of that off of families because yeah. they have a lot to think of anyway outside yeah. of just getting their child organized and we offer and highly recommend to just leave all the gear there at the end of the day mm. and then we'll take care of it if things need to be dried overnight we'll turn them inside out if they're still damp in the morning we'll pop them in the dryer for five Ooh, minutes that's a nice um, that's so nice for families to not have to yeah, deal with that uh, Mm-hmm. Yep. So we've got boot dryers and things like that. Um, so, you know, I, we really want to take that whole kind of piece out of yeah. it for families so they can really just enjoy and like ease into what, you know, the joys are of being outside all day um, for yeah. their children instead of being like, oh, you didn't get your rain pants ready, you know, like yes. having that frustration because it, it, it's a, it's a thing. It's a real frustration for a lot of families because it's a lot of moving parts. But for us, it's, it's just, it's habit and routine. Like I can, I feel like I always say this, I wish there was like a game show where we could win lots of money for knowing whose mittens are whose with no labels. Cause I feel like I could win. I could totally win. (laughs) You could totally win. Um, uh, or also knowing like which baby pooped by just the smell in the classroom, like early child educators are so good at that too. (laughs) A unique set of skills that we have. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, So the rental program we have quickly was um, they could rent mittens and rain suits and boots, winter boots for the whole year. Um, Mm So I think it was $15 each because sometimes they don't want to take advantage of every single one of those things. So mm-hmm. otherwise, uh, yeah, like 
40 bucks or something like that for the, for it all, all three things. But then it was so Mm. nice. Mittens are a huge hassle in Minnesota because like they have to have so many and then they lose the, it's just, it's a thing. So, and also when you have 20 to 25 children all wearing different kinds of mittens and gloves, Mm-hmm. That is also can be a source of frustration for the teachers because like some of them don't fit over sleeves and some of them don't actually go over sleeves and some of them go under sleeves and some of them are gloves and the kids can't figure out how to get their fingers in all the holes. And so mm-hmm. um, mittens, that was like the biggest piece that took a lot of stress off of parents and the care, like the teachers in the, in the space, because they're all yeah. the same and it so nice. And then we have a mitten dryer too, that we pop them into after the morning so that they're dry by afternoon. Okay. Talk to me about, um, an idea that you have that living is learning. Tell me what that means. And like, like why that is important to you. Um, that notion of living is learning has been very helpful for me to kind of take myself out of children's play um, and kind of experience in the quote classroom and really lean into more of a facilitator role. Um, You know, being a great observer and observing is like my other thing I love to talk about. And living is learning motto is kind of like a reminder, like no matter what we're doing, we're learning. We could be filling up a cup and we're learning, we're developing fine motor muscle development and you know spatial awareness and all this all this kind of stuff um we're learning about volume and we're not even thinking about that so you know that's just living um getting a grasp on a heavy tea kettle is hard work Um, yeah they're learning how to do that and how to move their muscles to kind of support the weight and um so I just I really started to see when I was observing more and more and talking less and less I noticed that every single thing that we do together or apart is learning. Um, You know, we all, like, if you're here, you already know that play is learning, but like brushing your teeth is learning. Trying to figure out how to get your boots on is learning. Figuring out why your coat isn't staying on your hook is learning. Like every little thing is learning and that's just living. We're just living. And so um, I, you know, people are like, well, what do you do if you just play all day? I'm like, we live together. We meet all of our like basic needs. We eat, we sleep, we go to the bathroom <laughs> and yeah. we just explore like, and we just love on each other because that's what we need to survive. And yeah. um, it's just been like, this, it's a really great model for me to just keep myself on track because it's inevitable. We've been programmed for hundreds of years that like we're supposed to be this all wise and knowing you know educator like I know all the things and it also helps me to share with children like I don't know the answer let's figure it out together like oh it's a great question I wonder I wonder about that uh what can we do to figure out the answer yeah and sometimes we still can't figure it out and then we have to ask somebody else or we just have to wait and then like over time I'm like oh remember when we didn't understand why the ice looked like this. Like I notice now, like it's colder or warmer or whatever. Um, so yeah, the notion is really just to embrace really being in the moment and getting away from this product driven way of being with children and really lean into the process and um, being together, like 
very simple. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Very We've simple, but it's the most it's the most powerful way to be with children. Yeah. Mm. I said last Amazing. night, um, we had a, a Zoom and a meeting and I had said at one point, I was like, you know, I realized how much time and energy I put into making sure the kids were having fun when like if I just took myself out of it they're fine. Like, I don't need to make them have fun. I don't need to orchestrate the fun. I just need to like be there and, you know, smile at them, give them a thumbs up and just like, yeah, show them that I trust them that they're doing the right thing. Um, It's, it's very, it's been very powerful. Yeah. So living is learning is just basically be here now. And like, you know, you know, that I strength train and I write that at the beginning of my page every morning at 4.30 in the morning, right? Be here now because I don't want to know what's happening next. I don't want to think about what's happening or happened on the way to the gym or to school. I want to be here now. Like this is my bubble. This is my sacred space. Um, Mm. And like the space that we share with children is it's a stage for their learning. It is not an opportunity for us to project anything else on them. That was beautiful. That's beautiful. Beautiful way to put it all. Okay. Tell people where they can find more of you aid, how they can connect with you and anything cool you got going on. Sure. Um, I do have a gear guide um, that I wrote and it's for littles and big. So adults and children. Um, And I talk about layering and the different reasons why you need to layer differently in seasons, lots of recommendations for brands, where to get discounted gear, all that kind of stuff. Amazing. Um, so I can share that link with everybody. Yeah, we'll put it in the show um, notes here. for sure. Yeah. Um, so there's that. That's very pertinent. And you can find me on Instagram. I am on Facebook, but I but not, never check it. I know. I like so. never check it. I'm just kind of there. They're linked. Um, but yep. if you really want to get a hold of me, please just either get on Instagram or email me, natureplayallday at Gmail, and um, we can connect that way. Um, but right now, my biggest focus is getting this program off the ground um, and bringing something to my local community um, that hopefully will last a very long time. So that's what Amazing. I'm up to. Do you have yeah. a place where, like a wish list of where people can go to support your program at all? I do. Um, in my bio on Instagram, I have a link to the our Amazon wish list. Um, yeah. And then like okay. we're doing like a local recycling fundraiser here, but... Amazing. Um, Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for being here and being an advocate for children and outdoor play, of course. It's always so nice chatting with you. And I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Hook up with Aid on Instagram, nature play all day. Um, Thanks for being here, Aid. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Have a good day, everybody. If you liked what you heard today, share this podcast with your coworkers, admin, or maybe even your partner. And I love getting five-star reviews so more people can embrace play. Hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. Or connect with me on Instagram or my website, kristenrbpeterson.com. Until next time.